I'm good enough and know when to put myself in a situation where I'm going to shine. Great. Or deliver what needs to be delivered. Cool. But I don't put myself in a situation where I know I can't. So know your limitations right. and know what position to put yourself into yeah. to where your weaknesses don't show. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now, I started this podcast as a way to give you access to the thoughts, ideas, and suggestions from people who actually work every day in the music industry on how to move your music career forward. Now, I'm blessed to have helped launch the career of superstar Taylor Swift, and I served as her manager for two years. I currently manage American Idol winner Trent Harmon, consult Scott Borchetta and the Big Machine Label Group, and have been helping thousands of artists around the world navigate the music industry. By the way, contrary to popular belief, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com. Take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help you make sure that you are on the right track. Enjoy the podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. All right, so in this episode of the podcast, we are going to talk networking, some of the do's, some of the don'ts, and we are going to hear from a gentleman who has been in Nashville for a very long time, also <laughs> a host of a podcast. His name's Scotty Huff, and Scotty, before we get started into this, just tell everybody a little bit about you and your background and what got you here. You look younger than you really are, which is good, because he's 70, by the way. He, <laughs> him and George Strait used to room together in right. college. No, they didn't, but he got here pretty close around that time. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I moved here in 97 from Maine, and um, kind of weird. I played a bunch of different instruments. I played guitar, trumpet, uh, sing... I right, I arrange, um, sitting in home in, in Maine thinking I wanted to do something in the music business and, and realized that New York scared the heck out of me and LA scared the heck out of me. So I took a look at Nashville. You thought the South, the people are kind of nice, Southern hospitality well, or yeah, was it, was it, what kind of music were you playing in Maine? I mean, Nashville at that time was a country, mm -hmm. country town straight up. And I was, I was into country music, listened to a lot of country music. Um, you know, playing music in Maine, you're playing playing weddings and bars, okay. so you're kind of playing a little you're bit a of cover band, right? Okay. So, um, yeah, so I was digging what was going on in country music, um, and I was a songwriter, so I thought, you know, Nashville is such a songwriting town. Sure. Um, so, now how old were you at that point? When I actually moved here, I was. 28. I turned 29 the, the month after I moved here. Okay, yeah. so I just you, turned 50. So congrats! I turned yeah. 51 uh, a week really? from the airing of the taping of this within a week. Actually, okay. by the time people hear this, I will already be 51. Uh -huh. So congratulations! Well, happy yeah. birthday! Yeah, no, yeah. you too. When did you turn 50? Uh, February. Okay. So, yeah. Good. Do you feel 50? No. Yeah. I don't act 50, I don't think. That's the key. I don't feel... When I look in the mirror, I go, oh, I'm 50. Yeah. yeah. See, and people come to me and they're like, because last year was a really special year for me because I hit 50 years old mm -hmm. and 25 years sober. So I'd been sober for half my life. So everybody was like, man, you don't look 50. I said, probably because I stopped drinking and drugging a long time ago. So, so you get here to Nashville. You decide you're going to make the move. Uh, any friends already here? Any connections already here? Were you kind of on your own? I had two connections. I had um, the drummer for Sawyer Brown, okay. Joe Smith. He's a Mainer. Yeah. Well, and he'd been here for a long time. 
Um, and uh, a guy named Jeff Coffin, who's okay. a sax player, world-renowned uh, sax player, uh, jazz artist. Uh, now he, he's with Dave Matthews, and he was with Bella Fleck and the Flecktones forever. Sure. And so he, you know, those two guys were sort of my my connection to Nashville. So what was their advice when they said, okay, when you told them, hey, I'm coming to Nashville, what, what kind of advice are they giving this guy that's going to come in and all of a sudden try to make a go at it? Mm-hmm. It's tough to give advice to someone who's moving to town because on the one hand, there's, there's definitely things you need to do right. in terms of working hard and, you, and the networking things a must. Right. But there's no guarantees with anything either. Sure. So there are, people are a little apprehensive to, to like say, yeah, you should definitely right. pack your bags and move to Nashville. I always tell people come visit because once they come visit, they realize what a humbling mm-hmm. town this is. I always tell people if you're coming here to stick out immediately, mm-hmm. you're coming to the wrong place. But if you're coming here to be inspired, if you're coming here to write with some of the best writers, if you're coming here to watch people and go, dude, I better step my game up. You know, if you're coming to network, collaborate, this is a great town for that. If you're coming here to stick out, it's hard. I mean, when you've got free shows on the streets from Alan Jackson and Luke Mm -hmm. Bryan and you've got every A-lister singing the anthem at our hockey games, Mm -hmm. this is a very tough town to stick out in. So what, what advice can you give people of what some of the not to do's. Let, let's flip hmm. it. Let's flip that then. Let's say, not okay, I, yeah, come here. Be nice to everybody. You know, don't hand CDs. Don't hand cards. That's not how we work. Don't try to sell the first time you meet them. Those are some of the things that I tell people what not to do. Right. You know, but what are, what are some of the advice you would give that you've mm-hmm. seen? Because you're also, you were in a situation, you've played with a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So if you get the reputation yeah, I'm not the, of being I'm not a douchebag, right. yeah. you know, you don't want to, because nobody wants to bring, it's like when we audition the band, it's all about the bus. Yeah. It's all about the private space. Mm-hmm. It's all about, is that guy going to take a picture now and try to put it on social to grow his own following on behalf, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. with the artist. So as somebody who came here not to be the artist, because not everyone's going to get that chance, but you were a writer, so that mm-hmm. is very relevant. What's just some advice that you would give on maybe some of the things not to do. The, the biggest thing for me, like when I talk with high school kids or something, mm-hmm. um, is knowing knowing your strengths, but more importantly, knowing your weaknesses. Okay. I think that's a that's a big thing. Um, if if someone over is overconfident with with certain parts of what they do and underconfident with other parts, that can be a real um, it can be a game changer for them. So you got to know what you're good at. And be honest about that, but you also have to be honest with what you're not good at. And what were you? What were you not good at? I'm one of those. I'm kind of a jack of all trades okay. guy, master okay. of none. Right. So yeah, I play guitar. I'm not the best guitar player. I play trumpet. I'm not the best trumpet player. But I'm I'm good enough and know when to put myself in a situation where I'm going to shine. Great. Or deliver what needs to be delivered. Cool. But I don't put myself in a situation where I know I can't. So know your limitations right. and know what position to put yourself into yeah. to where your weaknesses don't show. Yeah. I you actually know. have a story Because your weakness might be a strength to somebody else. Right. Like, exactly. Man, I wish that was a weakness yeah, to me. Exactly. You know? Tell me that story. Yeah. Well, the story is, and this was well into my career. This was after I played with Keith Urban. Um, I played guitar and sang with Keith for a number of years. And... Um, uh, I got approached by Jamie O'Neill's band leader, Robbie, okay. Robbie Emerson, who's now playing bass with Jake Owen. And he says, Scotty, man, 
we got a position open in the band. We need you to sing those beautiful high harmonies and play guitar. I said, oh, cool, like rhythm guitar, acoustic, singing high harmony. He goes, no, it's, it's lead guitar. I said, man, that's not what I do. I, I'm not a lead player. No, I'm not. You were with Keith Urban. You didn't need to be a lead Well, that's player. the thing. Well, he, 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 that's what people say. They say, well, we saw you playing with Keith Urban. Yeah, you well, must be a great Keith Urban's player. the like, lead. He's the lead player. Yeah, I right. didn't have to play lead. <laughs> so I turned him down. Long conversation. Finally said, I'm not the guy. Hung up the phone. Everything was done. Two weeks later, he calls back, Scotty, we need you on this gig. I need you on there singing. You're the guy. I said, man, I am not the guy. But he talked me into it. Okay. So I went... He's, he's like, look, it's all record covers. You know, you can learn the parts. We don't deviate from the, the record versions. Sure. It's going to be great. Okay, great. So I learn all the stuff. Go in the first rehearsal. Play through the stuff. Awesome. First gig at Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, Texas. About 5,000 people. Yep. Famous, you know, you know country music venue. Right. Inside rodeo. You know, big deal. Ten minutes before we go on stage, Jamie comes out. Oh, I got a sore throat. I'm not. I'm not feeling good. We're gonna have in, in the like the, the the famous words that I knew were gonna come out of her mouth. It's like everything went into slow motion. You heard. We're gonna have to extend some solos, and and sure enough, I'm in a situation where I'm out of my element. Right. So, and you know, I can I can musician my way through it, but I'm not a guitar player. So I'm you couldn't add the Freebird solo no, into every song? No, I couldn't do the big face melter that everyone wants, or the chicken picking stuff on Working right. Man's Blues, or whatever they called it at the right. last minute. And you could just feel the band when it came time, and I'm playing, doing my best, and they're just like, oh, he's not the right guy for this. Right. So... It, you know, it eked out for a few weeks and then we finally kind of parted ways, but that was a situation that where I knew, I knew I shouldn't have gone in. Sure. And you and, tried everything you could not right. to. But now there's people who, who... Judge you on that. They judge me on that. Oh. And it's, it's not a big deal. It didn't really hurt sure, my career, right. but it could have. Right. And um, luckily I had enough, you know, going on before that moment. Right. Right. But um, you got to be careful because that impression is what you're going to leave with people. Sure. And that's kind of, it's, it's one of those things too. And I was just having this conversation with someone at lunch. I said, you know, as somebody, my job is to protect the artist. My job is to, you need to trust. You know, I said, I can't let you make a mistake to prove myself right. Because it could end a career. Right. It's like if I'm telling you that's to warm point. up and you don't want to warm up and you go on stage and you bomb... And I go, see, I told you, screw me, yeah. you know, fire me that day mm -hmm. because my job is to fight you not to let you get up there to do that. And that's what we always tell people. Make sure that you have people in your camp that you trust, that even if they're saying what's not the most popular thing, that it's the right thing mm -hmm. and that you trust them on this. So yeah. what, what are you up to, to now? What are some of the things that you've got going on now? I've always got a million balls in the air, actually. Okay. I've, I've done a lot of uh, film score uh, work. Uh, wow, okay. Animated short films for, for Scholastic and audiobooks. And so I've got a bunch of those projects going on. Um, the last two years I was out with Jake Owen playing uh, in his horn section. All right. So we've got the, the horn section I put together has got, got a few things going on. And and uh, and the, the kind of the big thing. For so me let's is, talk is, about that for a second because the horns came back. Thomas Rhett brought the horns. Yep. I think FGL's used some of the horns. Mm. Jake's used the horns. Yeah, Toby's used them. Uh, Lady Annabellum. Damn, they brought a whole high school band in yep. on one of their things. So mm -hmm. horns are kind of making a comeback. Yeah, it's making a comeback. So here's what's cool. Lucas Graham. 
Okay. Okay. Are you familiar with Lucas Graham? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I went to Lucas Graham, and Lucas Graham does not have a guitar player in his band. Okay. He has a badass bass player. He has a drummer. He has a keyboard player, mm -hmm. and he has a horn section. Really? And that is his band, his whole entire band, not a guitar player in that band. And the horns, they had so much fun. We got a chance to see them at the Ryman. Uh, what was that conversation like when you first brought up bringing in a trumpet into country music or bringing in a horn section? Well, so or was it a producer's idea and they said, well, Scotty's got some experience no. with this. Somebody had to get drunk one night and say, dude, you should try this. <laughs> well, what's what funny? happened? How did that conversation come up? With Jake, you mean, specifically? Yeah. And Jake's willing to try a lot of things. He's an well, entrepreneur. Great well, And guy. he's got ADD more than great. all artists do, I think, right. really. But he just got it in his head that he wanted a horse section. Okay. And who's his band leader but Robbie Emerson, who right. was with Jamie O'Neill. Yeah, so, right. Full circle. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so, obviously, I didn't you know, offend Robbie too much. That's he, right. He called me again, but... I get a call from Robbie. Jake wants a horn section. Do you feel like coming back out on the road? And I said, sure. Um, yeah, that, that's really how it happened. Oh, it was just he a just simple decided, Jake decided. He'd been talking about so it. So Jake Owen is responsible yeah. for bringing horns to country music. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, recently. Yeah, because Toby had it. Toby right, had him. Toby had him, yeah. Um, that's good. But, you know, Merle Haggard had him back in the day yeah. and, you know. So it was, it's not necessarily that, a new thing. No, but it's new to today because they're real instruments. Days, yeah. exactly. And heck, how <laughs> many real instruments are in country music yeah, these days? Exactly. All right. Who knows? Somebody may be watching this in 2017 going, or 2027 going, what's an instrument? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I have everything right here on my computer. I just touched the horn or I yeah. touched the guitar. I touched this. Well, man, I, I appreciate you just sharing these stories. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. the key for me is, you know, one, know your limitations. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to say you don't know something. And just don't be a jerk-off. You know, be right. that person that people want to be around, that people feel comfortable talking with. And uh, that's some, some great advice with Jimmy. Especially when you're sitting this close to someone, you, you hope you took a shower. Well, you know, why not? You know, it's, <laughs> it's an option. Some people have that option. Some people don't. I don't yeah. know if he's trying to say that he no, doesn't feel like a shower this morning. But no, you smell uh, very nice, actually. Thank you very much. Shower in a bottle. It's called <laughs> Old Spice. All right, so do me a favor. If you if you dig in this, the podcast, hit the subscribe button. Uh, share it with somebody you think could benefit from this. Go back. There's a lot of great stuff that we touch on. We try to do kind of the no BS approach to the music business. Uh, leave a rating. Leave a review. Uh, and if you have any suggestions on stuff you would like me to cover, you can get a hold of me through uh, my socials, which you'll find on my website at rickbarker.com. While you're there, grab a free copy of the book, and I will talk to you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com, take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help make sure that you are on the right track. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there. <laughs>